Jennings, and this is a Kiwi original. In this episode, I speak with Dustin Brattle, who is the current manager of the family-owned business Design Signs. From the birth of the company in 1997, we explore all the industry changes since then, including some of the ones now around sustainability. We also talk about a key transport contract with Metlink Wellington that has enabled design signs to create signs that work a little better with the built environment we have in New Zealand, helping passengers get from A to B during disruption, and something that shifts design signs into the permanent signs with remote controlled messaging. Digital transformation is affecting many businesses right now, and it's inspiring to hear Dustin talk about how they're not only coping with it, but actually thriving. Let's take a listen. Sign industry is uh, it's a it's a pretty heavy trade. So back in the day, it was a five year trade uh, to get qualified. Um, it's changed a little bit now with digital, but um, we constantly uh, have been advocates for the trade. So we are always putting in new apprentices. We have currently we have three apprentices training at the moment. We've got uh, one two of our own apprentices that have now become tradesmen still here and all up um, we have I think 11 tradespeople in the building, 12 sorry, 12 tradespeople in the building. So you know we are focused on on our trade as such and we're proud of our trade um, and uh, I think New Zealand Made was probably a really good ad for us onto our trade. Um, yeah. I guess 18 staff brings some big challenges though. 18 staff brings challenges where, especially in the factory, so for me as general manager I'm constantly making sure everyone are okay and making sure everyone's in the right place at the right time. Um, you get a lot of uh, workshop dynamics uh, amongst 18 staff. Good blend of male and female as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, it's, it's fun, it's good fun. Now, looking through your um, your manufacturing here in Upper Hart, this is no small operation. It's it's almost like a an aircraft hangar <laughs> when you walk in. Yeah. Uh, talk me through what's what's in the space. Like what's um, what's some of the the products and equipment that your guys rely on. So many say they're a one stop shop, but we are. We're a one stop shop, and we've we've been focused over the last few years building that one stop shop. So everything from um, dealing with guys that walk in the door as a one-off tradesman to uh, corporates to government contracts, all gets dealt with under one roof. So um, it comes in, into the into the shop and goes straight into the design room. We've got uh, six six design stations downstairs, three Mac operators. Uh, the design will then get approved by the client, comes back into production. It'll get set up for print. It goes through and all the flat panel signage will get CNC routed here in our CNC router room. It then gets trolleyed across the factory to the print shop. The print shop will get loaded, um, printed direct or roll-to-roll printed. If it's roll-to-roll, it'll go out and get laminated ready for application. If it's print direct onto rigid media, it'll go back to the paint shop and get clear coated. We've got a full uh, downdraft spray booth here in the, in the factory with three spray staff. 
And then we have a whole group of staff that'll either be putting signs on here in the workshop, either vehicle wrapping or um, anything else from the roll-to-roll -roll side. If it's flat panel stuff, we have then we have installers that are full-time installers. So they'll go out and set up and install all around Wellington, further afield. Um, we, we don't really clip ourselves as Wellington region as such. We'll be anywhere in the North Island and potentially South Island as well if we need to. So for, for people in that region, if they're seeing the design signs logo on a vehicle, this is their, the headquarters that the, the guys and girls come back to every day? Yep, Design HQ, I guess. Uh, and I suppose it is a bit of an HQ. It's, um, the morning's pretty bustly in the morning. You'll have 18 guys all floating around getting ready for the day, and then middle of the day, quite often, it'll be a bit deserted. People might walk in and think there's not too many people here, but there actually is. They're actually out and about doing installation stuff or on-site doing fit-outs for offices or uh, out on doing rail work, putting rail signage in. So, um, But at the end of the day, um, it still is an 8, eight to 4.30 type setup where the guys will be back and they'll be unloading their gear from the day at 4.30 and, and going home. Now, I did see on the production floor there a lot of transportation signs. That looks like a, a big part of your business. Talk me through what's involved when, with that side of it. Uh, we do a lot of work um, in the transportation wayfinding signage, uh, and we've developed a lot of products in that, in that market as well. Um, we're constantly striving to identify an area where there can be mass improvement and uh, we sort of see ourselves as problem solvers for a lot of these guys. Um, but we have got a big focus on wayfinding signage, so we do a lot of wayfinding signage with rail and bus, um, right through from designing the area maps and timetables right through to the final production. So um, I guess we are a specialist in the, in the wayfinding uh, public arena. And so these are signs for people that are trying to get from A to B and maybe don't know their way or need to know an update on whether their route is open today or not. Um, what are some of the, the considerations uh, either in signage or in the design of it that are important when you're, you're putting together these wayfinding solutions? I guess we're working with the client there. Uh, we're not sort of dealing direct straight into our own product into the public market, but so we're dealing with um, either a government department or, or a, a public transport type person. And so we're working with teams uh, within those industries and coming up with the best solution together. Um, but there is a lot of focus on uh, with wayfinding colours. Um, the, last, the latest one that's going out now is bus replace trains for Metlink, so a lot of that's related to pink signage. So uh, one of the products that, that's a proudly New Zealand-made product is our BRT LED, which is bus replace trains LED. And that'll be a pink illumination, which then relates back to all the pink signage. So you can basically get out of your car, realise that there's a bus replacing a train today, and follow the little pink signage to that bus stop to get you on your way. So. We basically have to think as a customer together uh, with, with Metlink um, or any end user and, and find our way through the process to make sure it's going to be a success. So quite an exciting thing to get one of those large government contracts. Um, what does it mean when you're having to create you know, a brand new solution where you know, maybe traditionally that government department may have found something that was you know, internationally made off the rack for them? 
Yep, and that's exactly what happens, and it's happening more and more. So um, I guess there's two different types of people in our market. There's guys in our market that will source stuff from overseas because it's tried and true, and it's just off the shelf, and they can buy it and import it and off a pallet and put it up. Whereas we'll look at it and think, it's not really fit for purpose, it's not sustainable, um, there's no focus in, in adapting it to suit the New Zealand market. Um, so we will, again, rip it apart, problem solve and figure out a better option, which is exactly what we've done with our latest unit. What are some of the problems that you had to solve that were unique to the, the New Zealand solution that, that you saw needed to be built? Um, the way it's fitted, so in the New Zealand market, uh, I guess overseas with a larger population, there's, there's, um, it's, it's an easier job. Uh, you might have one type of lamppost uh, through whole of New York City where that sign bolts to that lamppost and that's all you need to know. Uh, whereas here in New Zealand, I think we've got uh, that one sign is now developed to fit to about eight different variants of poles. So we've got eight different poles in New Zealand and New York City's got one. Yep, so we'll have... Um, We'll have one, two, five round, 200 mil round. We'll have octagon type poles, square poles, 100 mil wide, one, two, five wide. And that was one of the questions that, that this last project, um, the government department wanted from us was, how can we adapt it to fit all those poles? So we came up with a solution with our engineering so that we can basically site survey, figure out how many of each there are and adapt a new bracket to suit. It's those things you just don't even think about when you're looking at a sign is, yeah. you know, part of it's what you see, but part of it's how it's going to be affixed to something. And particularly in Wellington weather, you, you definitely want it to remain there even in, in high winds. I think the Wellington market's quite unique there. Um, we also deal with a lot of bus shelters and films for bus shelters, and sometimes we put stuff on on site. And there's no other region in New Zealand that deal with the same weather conditions that we do. Um, I guess born and bred in the Wellington region, we know what we're dealing with, right? So um, if we're developing a product for the worst case scenario, I think we're pretty comfortable that it's going to be fine in the other regions. How long has Design Signs been in Wellington for? When, what, what's the origin story behind the company? Uh, Design Signs was established in 1997 and it was started in um, my garage up in Akatera Road, which was, at that stage was my father's garage. Um, it was started with just myself and my father, uh, and then we just built it up. I guess it would have been nice to stay a two-man band in a garage um, for stress levels, but I think um, the, the story is is that if you're any good at what you do, people get behind you, and I think that's probably why we're here today. It's not really what we're doing as such, it's the people that believe in you. So started back 96, 97. Yep. What are some of the big changes that have happened in signage and sign writing in that period of time? Because that's, that's covering almost pre-internet and pre-digitization through to now where um, there's a big drive for sustainability. I think uh, design signs in that time period has probably gone through the largest change in the sign industry than any other time. Um, it's gone right through from um, still doing some brush painted signage, um, which we were doing back in 97, uh, and then it's also then gone through to computer cut lettering, which was around then, but carried on through and developed further, digital printing. Um, you would never have thought in 1997 there'd be a sign shop with 18 people and a CNC router in it, it was totally unheard of. Um, so I guess the technology has let the sign industry expand a little bit, probably into some of the screen printing industries, into some of the engineering industries. 
um, installation type businesses. Um, I think it's just it's evol- it's always evolving. What is the the particular advice you would have for, let's say, a business that is um, looking to rebrand, or is um, they've just acquired the business? What are some of the important considerations when thinking about signage for, let's say, the your, you know your main premises and your vehicles? I've always been a firm believer that less is more. Um, you deal with a lot of clients that want to put a phone book on the outside of their vehicle or on the on the outside of their building. People don't stop and read that. So you really, really want a very strong, clean logo and something really basic and straight to the point. You don't want to be sticking too much menu and phone numbers. I mean, when was the last time you followed a car and thought, he's a shower company, I'll just give him a quick call. You don't do it. Your, your, memory, your memory will grab that logo, stick it in your head, and then you'll think of that logo if it's any good, and that'll be your first port of call when you... Um, go to use that industry. And for the, the, the physical premises, is there any particular you know, approach to, let's say for you know, New Zealand manufacturers, we've got you know, 1,500 of which are, a lot of those have manufacturing and production places. Um, what's some of the, the signage or branding that can be done? When it comes to building signage, I guess some of the things that we do generally is a lot of signboards on the outside of the building, window graphics, um, floor graphics, so as you walk in, as you walked into our reception downstairs, you would have seen big, like a custom lino, I guess you'd call it, um, which is good good attention grabbing. Um, pylon signage, which we make a lot of pylon signage, so a big freestanding pylon. Uh, you see them outside all the car dealers and car yards and supermarkets and stuff. They're a great, great bit of signage. They're an expensive bit of kit, but they're, but they're definitely worth it, you know. Um, but I guess the old rule is that um, one of the best things you can do is a good sign written vehicle. It's mobile, it's around town, it's not static, um, and it can give an illusion of a bigger company. I, I was doing a bit of thinking about this actually. I was thinking, uh, you know, where does signage fit in terms of you know, modding and branding with people spending time on Facebook and Instagram? And, and the thing I think that you've got as an advantage when you invest in your signage, it's, it's a one-time investment. Mm. Whereas if you invest in Facebook and Instagram, it's not really an investment. It's, a monthly cost yep. to get the same you know, reach per 1,000. But if you've got a, a retail premises and you've got 10,000 cars passing a day, it's pretty low cost to put a good pylon signage up there if you can yep. for all those people to see every single day. Yeah, and, and another powerful thing there would be obviously to make sure that your brand's uniformed. So if you're passing by a building and the, the building logo is slightly different colour to the vehicle or it's a different different it's an older logo on the building than the car, it's it's a bad thing. If it's all uniformed really strong. Um, if I was starting up a, a small sign shop today, it would be a really nicely clean sign written vehicle, a good sign on the building, branding on your clothes, a good business card, and that's pretty much what you need to get going. What's the easiest way for someone to engage design signs? Is there a particular size you have to be? Or being a you know, one-stop shop, can anyone work with you? Yeah, absolutely. We're dealing with everybody. So we get one, one-off walk-ins for a small sign on a fence to a, to a single trade vehicle to 60 fleet for one company nationwide. Um, there's, there's really, I mean, cheesy old saying is there's nothing too big or small, but it's pretty much that way with the sign industry. You don't really want to turn anybody away. Um, we sort of go out of our way to make sure we fit everybody in. And around the walls here, I can see a ton of 
silver medals, gold medals, uh, recommendations. What is great signage? Like when you get an award, um, what is that award given for within the industry? Um, they look at a, a range of things, but the best thing is is that it's judged from your peers, so it's judged from the sign trade. It's, it's judged from usually uh, current and ex-sign writers that sit on a board that, that pick those nationwide awards. We've had some pretty good national success over the years, uh, both with individual jobs uh, and also with um, staff. So we've had apprentices that have won awards, we've had apprentices that have won awards for being an apprentice. Um, so yeah, we've supported our trade through feeding it uh, and we've also um, supported those awards, nationwide awards, uh, by entering anything that we think is good. Um, what we think is good doesn't necessarily mean that they think it's great. However, I suppose the awards on the wall think that maybe we are on the right track with that, but who knows. New Zealand-made Kiwi trademark is relied upon by over 1,500 New Zealand businesses to gain a market origin advantage in the markets they operate, both domestically and internationally. Check to see if the good service or software that you make is eligible at buynz.org.nz. And in terms of the, the the family aspect to this business, we've talked about your you know you and your father starting it. Uh, I look through your website, and there are a number of Brattle last names on there. Uh, how many in your your family are working for the company at the moment? Um, so there's my wife and Lisa that run the company. Um, my father Steve still works here, but he's preparing for retirement. Um, uh, then there's my two brothers that are in sort of senior roles as well, and my nephew Finn. Um, so while it, while that's the immediate family, I think that the family values are reflected through the business. So we actually consider a lot of the staff as family, like we treat them as family, and like genuinely care about them, and um, you know always looking out for them. I guess. So the family, while it's while it's heavily staffed with family, I think the family values is probably more important. So the, the values of design signs when someone starts here, getting them onboarded into not just the tools and the equipment, but the culture of, of how you want to be seen by customers and how you treat each other internally. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, very important. I think um, there's not too many staff here that haven't been here for a long period of time. We've got staff here that have been here for well over 10 years. So um, I guess if you, if you lose a long-term staff member, it's like losing a family member. And for that's that's probably quite relative for us. We are, we're really, it is a family orientated business. It certainly adds a lot of um, experience when you can rely on people who have put in a sign 10 years ago or 20 years ago and know, you know, remember when they put it in to replace it, for example. It's, you know, it's amazing when you, yeah. you've got that inside the business. It happens <laughs> week by week, it's, it does happen. So we'll be looking at a new sign for a, a plumber down the hut, which is happening right at the moment. Uh, he's actually our oldest client. Um, my father was doing his signage when he was an apprentice and I went down and met with him again and we just looked at um, renewing his building signage again. So we've been doing signage for that plumbing business in Lower Hut for, uh, as a family, mm. um, probably around 50 years. 
Dustin, is there any question or area or topic that I that I haven't covered outside my my last question, which is uh, something we talked about earlier before we started recording on the sustainability of things? Um, what's happening in that area? Is it a is it a nice to have? Is it something that you're you know being required to do? Um, where is it? Because there's a lot of material that you're you're using in terms of creating signs. Uh, I think it's an attractive option for a lot of our clients. However, I think it is a, definitely a focus that we are we're proud to push. It's it's something that I think uh, not just in the sign industry, but a lot of local New Zealand industry need to be thinking about it. Uh, I guess if we all do our part, it's it's going to play a bigger part, right? So um, it is a nice to have, and it and it is a requirement by some clients, but it's also on our agenda pretty thick. The one that I think. Uh, that uh, took my interest was a there was a cardboard sign and I thought how is a cardboard sign going to last outside but but you don't actually need the signs to last forever do you? No correct so a lot of that um, uh, promotional signage needs to be pushed away from core flute nasty plastics into the cardboard range which we have and we push it quite a bit um, we've got a lot of our government departments now are using the cardboard option over a core flute option so cardboard over plastic, fully recyclable. It's also weatherproof, so it will go outside and it'll last just as long as a core flute. Um, but at the end of it, it's far friendlier on the environment. So anytime we can push that, um, it's a no-brainer for us. Be uh, good to see some more of those real estate signs around with uh, cardboard on it. Or the, the other area which I think um, was interesting to me is actually doing away with the need for physical signage and just shifting to you know, digital digital billboards. Yeah, so a really big part of our business at the moment is pushing to LED. So um, a lot of clients that have an ongoing uh, promotional sign, um, like notice boards, etc., they are starting to look at going towards LED, where you can outlay a one-off one cost into LED, which is also thought under a sustainable uh, platform, making it out of recyclable aluminium and, and components that can have an end-of-life process. Um, and getting away from whacking up that one sheet of plastic and then throwing it in the bin. It's, uh, if you look at it on a year-by-year -year scale, it's a lot of, lot of wastage. And it's always frustrating when you see a sign and it might have been for an event and it happened two weeks ago or two months ago, whereas I think if you're moving to digital signs, you can keep them relevant to the people that are passing that spot rather than out-of-date signs that you have to go and pick up. There's just so many benefits to LED signage when it comes to promotional signage. Um, You've got one bit of real estate that can keep spinning over, over and over and over. So you can have one billboard that can do 30 ads in an, in an hour, as opposed to one ad that's up there for a week and then thrown away. It's just, it makes no sense. So if I ask you the question around these metallic signs that are stacked up downstairs right now, there's a ton of them. Yeah. What are, what are the elements that are involved in getting one of these shipped out to site? You had to come up with the design, right? So yeah. There was a French version of yeah. it. Yeah. What was wrong with it for this particular? Okay, so what was wrong with the the opposition's sign, I guess, was that it was completely made from plastic, um, not a good plastic. Um, the LED screen itself was a single color LED, really probably about 10 years behind the times. Uh, it was a low resolution. Um, 
there wasn't much sustainable about it at all. It was running lead-acid batteries for battery backup. These things are hooked up to car park lights, so in the daytime they're turned off, so they run off a battery. So we had to be able to increase the resolution of the screen, uh, which then means you need more battery power. So we've gone to a lithium battery locally sourced here in the Hutt Valley, um, which will run for longer than the lead acid batteries and power more than the lead acid batteries. So we had to think about the whole process, how it can be bigger, brighter, smarter as far as uh, full color LED, RGB, um, and be able to power it and be efficient overnight when it's, when it's charging. What about the actual software part of it as well? Who controls what goes on the sign and, and creates the software behind driving it? That's a great subject because a lot of these off-the-shelf items from overseas either run their own software and you'll subscribe to their software, which is almost impossible to integrate into. Uh, we decided to develop our own software and hardware. Um, in conjunction with GW. So we, we actually um, have, again, locally made some hardware that has the potential to be very smart uh, and also very user-friendly and almost zero cost. So the hardware there, is, is this like the electronics, the PCB boards? Exactly. And then the software that runs on that yep. component that's driving that LED sign? Yep, exactly that. So it's, it's all... It's all built in a way that it can integrate into uh, anyone's system, basically. Anyone can run it. It can be run via anywhere. You can sit on the beach in Kaitaia and change the messaging on the on the panels if you have the access. It's a smart software and a smart uh, firmware setup. That's a big evolution, isn't it? And I think from what I understand about uh, some of the digital signs on the market, you're really fixed into contracts because it you don't own that physical hardware, but in this case, you're letting the customer, which is Greater Wellington, mm-hmm. um, transport own own the hardware. So they've got full control. There's yep. no there's no monthly leasing or licensing. Nope. No, that's the, and it's developed that way. We listened to their frustrations in other systems that they had that, that, that didn't work for them, and decided that we'll let's sell them something that works for them. So this could be a model for any you know, franchise or large multi-site business that needs to put information in front of customers or businesses without rolling out printed signs. Yeah, absolutely. Secure, you know, it's electronically secure, um, sustainable, locally made, uh, certified New Zealand made product. It's, there's not much to lose about it really. You joined New Zealand Made at the, I think it was in last year, wasn't it? Mm. So we, obviously with some of these little items that we've been building, we just, just it's like a light went off. This is a New Zealand Made product. How do we fly the flag for a New Zealand Made product when we're battling against international companies? And everyone knows the blue triangle with the red kiwi, right? So it was a no-brainer. And coming through the front door, you've you've actually installed the New Zealand Made logo and probably one of the best examples I've seen of it nationwide. So thank you for doing it justice. Well, we've quickly discovered that New Zealand Made as a brand needs to be recognised as well. There's a few brands that we're associated with that we're proud of, but out of out of the large range of brands that we're associated with, New Zealand Made, you guys have supported your users better than anybody. They're, they're just a 
they're a great bunch of guys and girls that look after their end users. So yeah, we're proud to put it on the wall. Oh, it's great to see it and I appreciate the feedback. It is an amazing community of nearly a third of a million Kiwis wow. that work in making and manufacturing. So one in 10 of us in New Zealand are in this collective industry with all the different skills. So it's great to have you on board. Awesome. And that's probably a great place to wrap up this chat. Thank you very much for being on a Kiwi Original. This is our first physical back to see our Buy New Zealand made uh, license holders, the businesses that are certified to use the New Zealand made Kiwi trademark. 2020 was a bit of a struggle with COVID and lockdown, so we kept everything remote. And it's actually great to meet you in person, have a look through the manufacturing plant and see what you're up to. So good luck for the rest of your projects for 2021. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Cheers. That's it for another episode of A Kiwi Original. Remember to subscribe on the podcast or on YouTube to receive the next episode. If you got value from this episode, please share it with someone you think could benefit. See you next time. One of the big things we had to write from this that was we're going to push that it's New Zealand made. New Zealand made carries a lot of weight outside New Zealand. People don't realize that. Well, you're by New Zealand and uh, we were really motivated by your professionalism at the outset when we first contacted you and that gave us the confidence to reach out to the rest of the New Zealand community to support this. We'll get two, three, four, five inquiries every day from people. And, and, and their only question is, are your product made in New Zealand? You know, they, they don't want to know anything else. We knew there was demand in the market for uh, a New Zealand-made product, firstly, a natural New Zealand-made product. We have got New Zealand made. That was the first thing I signed up to. I was really proud of that. And um, you were very welcoming. So thank you, Ryan. I think it's very, very important to sell in New Zealand as a New Zealand-made product. Originally, we were having to import components from overseas. It wasn't until we shifted to our carbon fiber model that we were able to say that the product was made in New Zealand. And that was a huge, it was sort of a big goal for me. I wanted to have complete control over the manufacturing of it. Definitely it's something that we've been belonged to right from the beginning and it just put trust, especially New Zealanders, into our product. We've noticed recently people have become so much more discerning about they will up front and say to you, is it really made here? And not have to rely on other countries and important components, especially in times like these, I'd, I'd, be, I'd have no stock. Being up to front up to that and show your logo and say, well, you know, I don't think a lot of people understand that you have to have a license to show that logo. We have also New Zealand made on some of the other brands selling over overseas. And it's something that people are looking for. The little triangle has been a part of our brand for a long time. Is that an investment or is it a cost? Yeah, can, we, can we spend it given what's going on? No, it's actually good value for us. Yeah, we, we are a Kiwi company. We are proudly Kiwis. It instantly had a, a 
fruitful conversation without any dancing around or holding back or everything came out. And that was that was part of the, how, why it was so invaluable. And so the best way to do that is to, to join the Find This and Make campaign, right? So. I don't think you will see on any of my social media stuff like, well, you know, I put the Bainies in a main logo. Well, I'm classed on everything I can pass it on. But just being able to prove to people that it is New Zealand made and that we've got a story, that's great. You know, pretty proud to be able to do that.